Hi, this is Sarah McCaslin, and in this Forgotten Sheep podcast, we're going to be talking about a minister who was born in Germany, whose work focused on people that were outcast in society, and his name was Friedrich von Bodelschwing, Sr. Now, Friedrich was born March 6, 1831, in Tecklenburg, North Rhine-Westphalia, Germany. Okay, his family was of German Westphalian nobility and one of the oldest families in Westphalia. So it's interesting that someone with noble blood would be the one that the Lord would call to reach out to people that were pushed away by society. Well, he counted among his classmates, get this, German Emperor Friedrich III. And his young years were filled with power, influence, and wealth. As he grew older, he began to consider what he wanted to do as a career, and his first interest was mining, but then he switched over to agriculture. Then in 1851, when he was 20, he joined the military and began studying at the University of Berlin. One of the courses he took at the University of Berlin was botany, and as a part of the botany coursework, Friedrich came face-to-face with the pitiful poverty that was being endured by the people who were working in the fields. And though Friedrich was wealthy, and he was powerful, and his family was well-known and respected, he was touched very deeply at seeing the condition of these people. In fact, this, these conditions touched him so deeply and burdened him so much that he added theology to his university studies, hoping that it would help him find a way to be of assistance to these people, to be of genuine help to them. Well, he finished his studies, and they included agriculture, law, and theology. What an interesting combination. Then he became the farm supervisor of a large estate in eastern Pomerania, which is now part of Poland. And there, once again, he came face to face with the miserable situation that the farm workers would find themselves in, uh, mainly migrant farm workers. And as he saw these conditions, as he saw the, the mistreatment, as he saw the poverty, as he saw the sickness and the hunger among these people, his heart was again touched by the Lord. And apparently, he was very open to anything the Lord would burden his heart with. Now, it was during harvest time, and Friedrich was overseeing the harvest of crops on five different estates. And it had been really hot, and it was very important that the crops, especially the wheat, be brought in as quickly as possible. And that meant he needed to find reapers to work in the fields. So, it turned out that the Lord was about to use Friedrich's own secular work to call him to the ministry and the mission field. So, Friedrich was uh, riding a horse to a neighboring village to try to find some people that he could hire to work as reapers for the field. And as he was riding along, he passed a village that was holding what they called a mission festival. He was very interested in this And so he tied up his horse and headed in that direction. And once he got there, uh, he entered the meeting hall, and he would never be the same again. The speaker, now get this, the speaker was using for his text 
The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest field. Now, that's exactly what Friedrich had been on the road doing in a secular sense, hiring reapers, hiring laborers for a worldly harvest field, for a physical harvest field. And so the imagery of this text really struck his mind and his imagination. And when the minister asked if anyone was willing to dedicate their life to this service, Friedrich said that his heart responded. His heart immediately responded to the Lord's call. All it took was a, a simple call from the Lord. And Friedrich threw his, threw his life wide open for the Lord to use it however he wanted. And so Friedrich rode home with great joy. And he was ready to finish up this physical harvest so he could get to work on the spiritual harvest that the Lord had waiting for him. So as soon as Friedrich had all of his responsibilities completed, he packed up his bags and headed off to a mission training school in Basel. And his parents asked him to at least get a master's in theology. And so he also continued his theological studies and ended up being considered one of Germany's outstanding theologians. However, even as he was doing all the theological studies and the missionary training, his heart was still with the poor. Now, his first official mission field was Paris, France. Now, that might not sound like a mission field to you, but first of all, remember he was German. And in Paris, France, there were over 80,000 German day laborers living and working. And so he had a tremendous mission field there with him being German of being able to go directly in and start working among the German people in Paris. Many Germans had escaped to Paris during the Thirty Years' War, and these people were typically uh, servants, waiters, uh, rag pickers, and merchants. Now, they had a very good work ethic. They were hardworking people, but they were living under religious persecution in Paris. Uh, they were Lutherans in a Roman Catholic city. And so you can already see where that's going to be a bit problematic. Well, when Friedrich arrived, he realized they really didn't have their own meeting place or their own church. And so one of his first major tasks was to raise money to build them a church. Now, during this time, he had married a young woman named Ida that had the same passion for the Lord, for the lost, and for the poor that Friedrich did. And so Friedrich and his wife Ida worked tirelessly for the people that they were ministering to. Um, they weren't always appreciated. And this is really said on a regular basis, Friedrich and Ida found themselves cheated, lied to, and robbed by the very people they worked so hard to help. But the Lord sustained them through this. You know, he promises in his word, my grace is sufficient for you. And so he helped them to be able to keep working. He helped them to be able to find forgiveness in their heart that they needed. And for this not to affect their love for the people. So the young couple persevered and persisted. Now let's talk for a minute about his wife, Ida. Ida von Bolschwing. She was born... In a castle. I am serious. She was born in a castle that had a moat in April 13th, 1835. Okay. 
So we can see these people are not commoners in the sense that we would usually think of uh, most missionaries and ministers. So so interesting how the Lord called the, these people to be the ones to reach the poor. Well, she knew Friedrich since they were small children. And in fact, when he was finishing up his theological studies, he was living in her uncle's home. And he was already smitten and in love with Ida, but was afraid to ask her to marry him because of his missionary plans. Well, Friedrich finally got his courage up and asked for her hand in marriage. And her parents said no. And she'd been in love with him for years. And for that to happen, that had to be heartbreaking. Ida went into a deep depression. And no doubt she prayed and called on the Lord and eventually, she and Friedrich were able to get married. So they're working very actively here in Paris among the uh, German population. And one particular group that Friedrich was very successful working with were prodigal sons who had run from Germany to Paris. And he and his wife also had an extensive visitation ministry among the hospitals in the area, reaching out to people that were sick. And, you know, that had to be so appreciated. And then during 1866 and 1870, he served as a field chaplain in the Prussian army. And then when he reached his 40s is when the Lord opened the door for the ministry of his that would have uh, the most impact and be the most memorable. The people that Friedrich would have the most impact on would be epileptics. Now, to be epileptic at that time in history was to be a virtual pariah. Children who had epilepsy were not allowed to attend school. Can you imagine that? Here you have a child that's bright and intelligent and full of life, but they have seizures, and so they're not even allowed to attend school. As they grew into adults, they would be discriminated against, and it would really be hard for them to even find employment. And because of their lack of formal education, it would just make things all that much worse. And did you know they were even shut out of some churches? I I cannot imagine that. Uh, But they were never shut out of any of Friedrich's churches. Now, this attitude towards people that suffered with epilepsy wasn't just in Germany. Similar attitudes existed in America until the 1950s and England until the 1970s. So put yourself in the place of one of these individuals who suffered from epilepsy. Imagine being denied the right to a basic education being denied the right to get married, being denied the right to gainful employment, and being denied the right to medical treatment, all because of bigotry and ignorance. Now, this this subset of the population, this demographic, as we might call it now, had not been forgotten by the Lord. And even though they were set, shut out of the churches, The Lord still loved and cared for them. Now, when some prominent ladies of Westphalia, which is where Friedrich was from, opened a home 
for epileptics in their area, they invited Friedrich and his wife to come and serve as the superintendents. Now, that tells me, number one, they knew that Friedrich and his wife would not discriminate against these people suffering from epilepsy. They knew that it would not make any difference to them. Number two, they knew they could be trusted with the funds and with the general management of this, uh, this home for epileptics. And number three, it tells us they had a reputation for compassion. And you know, that's something that we as Christians should make sure that we never lose is that compassion, that compassion that the Lord can put in our hearts, that love that the Lord can put in our hearts. Now, as uh, Friedrich and his wife, Ida, began to work with the uh, epileptics, his concerns soon spread to other people that were being pushed out of society, the disabled, the mentally ill, the mentally challenged, consumptives, that would be people uh, suffering with tuberculosis, alcoholics, any group that was treated as the off-scouring of society, found compassion and love from Friedrich and his wife. And they treated them as equals. They didn't treat them as if they were less than or if, as if they were um, being so kind by even being nice to them. No, it wasn't like that. It was a love that came from their heart. It was an expression of genuine Christianity. Remember when uh, there were lepers, Jesus was not afraid to touch the lepers and pray for them, uh, heal them. Uh, he was not angry when the woman with the issue of blood who was considered ceremonially unclean under Old Testament law, he wasn't angry when she touched him. Jesus loved those that were cast out. Jesus loved those that were the off-scouring of society. Jesus loved those that were often neglected and pushed to the side. Widows, epileptics, the demon-possessed, the mentally ill, the disabled. Uh, all of these people were the ones that Jesus reached out to. And when we have a similar attitude of love and compassion and wanting to help, that's an expression of true Christianity. Now, an interesting aspect of Friedrich's work among what we would call the off-scouring or the rejects of society was his theology. Um, when he was doing this work, it was a time of considerable theological upheaval in his homeland of Germany. And Friedrich was very old-fashioned in his theology, and he refused to bow to the winds of modernism that were sweeping the land. He refused to compromise his views. And when he was confronted as to why he rejected the new theology that all these other theologians and pastors were accepting, he reminded the inquirer that it was the old theology that had stirred his heart to reach the poor and the rejected. And he said it was that old theology that had raised up an army of Christians throughout Germany that refused to cast anyone away. This army, by that time, numbered 1,600 women and 400 men who had given their lives to help those society had rejected. The sick, 
the insane, the sin-wrecked. They had become the focus of Friedrich's work, and through his leadership, many others joined in that work, and they were being truly helped. Now, I want to focus on a word here, an expression, sin-wrecked. That's a very old expression, and that refers to people that have destroyed their health and possibly destroyed their mental health, destroyed their life through sin. It could be through alcoholism. It could be through drug addiction. It could be through a life of crime or just a life filled with sin. And now their body is wrecked. Their life is wrecked. And people would tend to look at them and say, listen, you got yourself into that mess. It's not my responsibility to help you. You made that bed. Now you go sleep in it. But these Christians that Friedrich was working with, their attitude towards them was not to cast them away, but help them. Sure, they got themselves in that mess. And you know what? But for the grace of God, any one of us could have done the same. Had we been born in a different time, had we been born in different circumstances, had we been born in a different family, we might have done the exact same thing. And we we need to have more of that love and compassion in our hearts. And these were people that the Lord had touched. And they were ready to reach out and help the sick, the insane, and the sin-wrecked. Soon, Friedrich had his own staff of highly trained nurses and workers uh, working with him under his leadership. Now, this is pretty cool. The nurses were often called the Bethel nurses or the Bethel sisters. And they were so good at what they did, so skilled, so highly trained. They were later loaned to hospitals across Germany and Europe. Now, there were two rules that had to be followed by any hospital that wanted to use a Bethel worker. The first would be there was no card playing among these patients. And the second... And I like this. This may be the secret to their success. The second was that all nurses would be allotted time for brief morning prayers. A very wise requirement. Now, as part of his work among the sick and among the... uh, And I do like that word, sinrect. He emphasized the cultivation of music. And when Kaiser Wilhelm visited the original Bethel home... For epileptics, he was met by a band of 2,000 brass instruments, all played by patients. Now, Friedrich was an anointed leader, as evidenced by the fact that his charity enterprises are still existing and at work in Germany today. And it's said by many that one of the reasons for his effective leadership is that Friedrich led by example. He personally visited many of the people that his group was caring for. He would personally visit many of the mentally ill patients, many of whom were severe cases. And when he did, he always brought flowers with him. I think that's a a special touch, you know. And even though he was working with some very severe mental cases, he was never physically attacked. And another interesting thing about Friedrich is that he wisely recognized the difference between demonic attacks and mental disturbances. He didn't deny the existence of either. 
He didn't confound them as being the same, but he recognized there were some people that were suffering from demon possession, from demon oppression, from demon obsession, and there were others that were mentally disturbed and needed a different type of treatment. Another aspect of Friedrich's leading by example was his work ethic. Friedrich worked very, very hard. He averaged 16 hours a day until he was 80 years old. And he never wasted money, even in the privacy of his own home. He was very careful with money. And another key factor in the success of Friedrich's ministry was he was a man of prayer. And there were many Many people who were comforted by his prayers. And he always put the spiritual needs of others ahead of worldly responsibilities. If he had a letter to write, but someone needed prayer and they needed it right away, he would go pray for that person first and trust the Lord to help him get his work done on time. He always put the spiritual ahead of the worldly. Soon, uh, Friedrich's work branched out to another group. He turned his attention to the unemployed in Germany. And this is a direct quote from him. It is a great injustice when one comforts the little man, who, like the rest of us, must stand with both feet on the earth, merely with the promise of the next world. And I believe what Friedrich is expressing here is that we see someone and they're poor and they're hungry and they're cold, and they're sick. And we look at them and we say, well, you know what? You can have a better life in heaven. And yet we do nothing to try to help them. And so Friedrich felt like with all these unemployed, there had to be something that he could do to help them. Um, Of course, feed the hungry and make sure they have enough clothes to stay warm. But also job training and skills and job opportunities. Now, years before, another Christian had developed what was called home inns, and these were traveling these were for traveling apprentices where they could find a Christian environment and be kept out of trouble. Well, Friedrich expanded on this idea by establishing what he called workmen's colonies. And so this was a place where people could come And they could get a job, they could work, and they could gain skills. And Friedrich would hire unemployed people to work. And a lot of these unemployed people were alcoholics. Now, the type of work that Friedrich set up wasn't so much apprenticeship, but it came back to his old specialty agriculture. Now, this work, much of it was funded by his old playmate, Crown Prince Frederick. In fact... Frederick was so impressed with Friedrich's work that he turned over half the proceeds of his wedding gifts to Friedrich's charities. Part of this included the purchase of land that was worked and found to be an excellent source of peat. So that's where Friedrich began to hire the unemployed to come work this land. And as I said, This included alcoholics also, and they found that working outdoors was a great way for them to clear their minds and 
it helped them. And the gentlemen that worked there, the guys that worked there said that they were transformed as much as the land was transformed by their work. Now, um, there was another uh, outreach that Friedrich was going to start, and this was missionary-focused, and it would end up being led by his own son. So what happened is the Lord put it on Friedrich's heart to reach out to the unsaved of the Belgian Congo, which is modern Rwanda. Now, as usual, as Friedrich begins to make his plans on how he's going to do this outreach, he focuses on the marginalized abused groups. And in this case, it was lepers and later on the mentally ill. Now, you got to keep in mind, too, that in this region of Rwanda, the locals attributed all mental illness to demon possession. And their idea of an exorcism was throwing the demon possessed off a cliff. That's disturbing. But that's the group that uh, Friedrich and his son started to aim for and who they began to work among. So Friedrich and his son set up a colony there in Wawanda for freed slaves. And there they trained these uh, freemen in a variety of trades, and that included medical attendants and nurses. And so they were able to start having a positive uh, impact there. Now, one of Friedrich's last new enterprises was a theology school, which would become the largest in Germany, uh, Bethel Seminary. And there, with his theology school, he fought against the unbelieving criticism of long-standing Christian beliefs, the modernism that was sweeping through Germany. And this criticism was leveled not by the world, not by the ungodly, not by sinners, not by atheists, but this criticism was leveled by Germany's own theologians. And Friedrich grieved over the fact that so many young men went to study theology and came away having lost their faith. And so that was the reason that he founded the school. And when Friedrich founded the school, it wasn't to make a name for himself. It wasn't to create a legacy. It wasn't even to promote his own brand of Christianity. It was so the young men of Germany could study theology without risking their faith. And so... It makes sense also that as a part of their theological training at the Bethel Seminary, they would also gain experience in helping the sick and the outcasts of society. Now, there were some other things that Friedrich was the pioneer of, and one of them was the idea of thrift stores as a means of raising funds and providing work. So thrift stores did not originate with the likes of the Salvation Army and Goodwill, but actually can be traced back to the 1800s and Friedrich von Bodelschwing Sr. He also founded the first savings bank dedicated to the financing of housing in Germany. Friedrich also established a Christian vacation destination for those of quote-unquote moderate means, which would probably refer to middle class. And his goal was to make it affordable for families, middle-class families, and also make it a, a place they could go where they didn't have to be unnecessarily exposed to wickedness and ungodliness and evil influences. 
and Friedrich is also considered the father of fundraising. So he had a big impact in the church and for uh, charitable work in general, big impact. So Friedrich passed away in 1910. So uh, that was almost, I think almost 80 years old or at 80. So he had just stopped working the 16-hour days not very long before he passed away. And his son Fritz took over the work, and it continues to this day. So I think it's interesting that even though the leader of this charitable Christian work passed away, the work continues to this day. And there's some interesting lessons here for us uh, from the life of Friedrich von Bodelschwing. And one of them is compassion. And as Christians, we have to be careful that we don't become cynical and lose our compassion. And the best way to do that is to pray. Pray for the Lord to fill us with compassion and to fill us with his love and to open our eyes to see those around us that need help and to give us wisdom to know how to help them. And you know, there's... uh comes a time with your own family where maybe there's a family member that you've bailed out of trouble over and over and over again and you may look at them and say no more and you know what that may be the right thing to do that's where we need to go to the Lord for guidance and wisdom it's so important that we look to the Lord and don't depend on our own understanding and our own worldly wisdom but for the Lord to help us to know the right way to help people the best thing that we can do for people and not to lose our compassion for others and not to participate in ostracizing people or pushing people away uh, but to be filled with the Lord's love and the Lord's discernment and that's what stood out to me the most about uh Friedrich von Bodelschwing, and also the fact that the Lord used someone from a family of power and influence and wealth to be the one to reach out to the epileptics, the mentally ill, um, the alcoholics, the consumptives, the people that had wrecked their life with sin. That's who the Lord chose to start that work, to head up that work. We can never Second guess God. You know, we can't say the Lord will use this type of person for this type of work. We just never know. And finally, last lesson to take away from this. Um, Friedrich was 40 years old when he began the work that would have the most lasting impact. That's another reminder for us that the Lord doesn't view age the same way that we do. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I want to thank you for listening.